0: SohoRadioLondon.com <laughs>
1: 2023 and this is the first show of the new year welcome 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 my name is selena godden and this is the roaring 20s radio show on soho radio and i'm here with my co-host
2: Amarose Abrams. Woo! we're missing matt this month
1: we are we are we're missing matt we're missing matt we're missing you matt but we will still hear from matt he has something that he's pre-recorded especially for the show
2: right so we're going to kick off the show with a track that selena chose actually this is a really beautiful beginning of the year track i think it's really hopeful and really emotional um it's bright eyes and first day of my life
0: but now I don't care, I could go anywhere with you And I'd probably be happy So if you wanna be with me With these things there's no telling We just have to wait and see But I'd rather be working for a paycheck Than waiting to win the lottery Besides, maybe this time is different. I mean, I really think you like me.
3: I'm beautiful
1: back. song. Hello, hello, hello. So how have you been, Rose? How has the new year treated you so far?
2: It's been a busy old new year. I started, oh. I got that virus that everyone got. Yeah. Yeah, had that. And then basically, I've been doing a couple of writing jobs. Uh, I interviewed um, this man, Damdol, who works at the Tibet Hope Centre, about the video that was happening in Piccadilly Circus with the Dalai Lama. So that was really interesting. And then I... um have been going through uh, an archive relating to my dad's centre. So that's lots of dusty boxes and a bit intense, but good.
1: And have you been finding some good treasure in there? Oh, yeah. Yeah?
2: Yeah. Watch this space.
1: Watch this space. (laughs) How about you? Well, my main thing, I've just been, uh, yeah, this is a bit strange for me to be out and about because I've been properly in my hibernating writing mode, getting up at four in the morning and watching the frosty winter mornings with big mugs of tea and working hard on my new books and hiding. In fact, it's it's really exciting. This is almost like a social engagement that I get to (laughs) put some clothes on, get out of my pyjamas, come to the studio in Soho and do this um, but I think my big thing that I'm, I'm looking forward to is they're releasing Pessimism is for Lightweights as a hardback Oh next I saw month. that, yes. I saw
2: that it looks fantastic. Thank
1: you yeah. thank you. The design is by Craig Oldham and it's Pessimism is for Lightweights. The, pa- uh, the pamphlet was 13 pieces of courage and resistance and this hardback edition is 30 pieces of courage and resistance and that's coming out next month and so we're sort of ramping up to sort of see, um, you know, Spread the good word. Pessimism is for... Lightweights. <laughs> yeah, well <well-versed.
2: laughs> <laughs> We've got a great show lined up for you today. We have, we're joined in the studio by band Sybil. Woo! It's really, really exciting. And, um, but first up, before we get to that, we are going to hear from Matt. This is his pre-recorded poetry roundup. So first we're going to hear Stormy by Terry Genderbender and that'll be followed by Matt and his poetry roundup.
4: listening to Roaring Twenties Radio on Soho Radio, your monthly fix of art, culture, books, poetry and activism. My name's Matt Abbott and I'm here to bring you this month's roundup from the world of poetry and spoken word. So I'm going to start off with 10 events from around the UK that you need to check out. Up first, on Tuesday the 31st of Jan, if you're based in Birmingham, you need to head to the Verve Poetry Night at Glee Club. This is one of the newer nights on the scene but it's got some really fantastic lineups so far. Tickets are only £6. And this month's headliners are Bogdan Piasecki, Neelam Serejia Braley, Cat Lyons, and Zachary Abdelahi, which is a wonderful lineup. as I say. It's of a Glee Club and it's only £6, so get on that now. That's the Verve Poetry Night in Birmingham. On Thursday the 9th of Feb, also in the West Midlands, you can see Brian Bilston at Bilston Town Hall. So it's an evening with Brian Bilston as part of Wolverhampton Lit Fest and tickets are £12. So that's Thursday the 9th of Feb in Bilston in the West Midlands. On Friday the 10th of Feb, North of the border, you can see Loud Poets returning for their 2023 season at the Scottish Storytelling Centre in Edinburgh. They've not actually announced the lineup for this event yet on Friday the 10th of Feb, but their lineups are always stunning. Tickets are a tenner, and as I say, it's part of their 9th birthday celebrations, so they aren't pulling any punches. Saturday the 11th of Feb in Manchester, you need to head to Contact Theatre. It's part of their queer contact season, and this event is called Outspoken. It's not the outspoken that i usually talk about it's just called outspoken um again they've not actually announced the lineup but previous headliners include dean atta and the tagline is join some of the northwest's finest queer spoken word artists for a spellbinding evening tickets start at five pounds and go up to ten pounds that's in manchester on saturday the 11th of feb on wednesday the 15th of feb down in london you can see jaw dance at richmix um, again, they've not announced their lineup yet, but look, these nights are so good. They don't need to announce a lineup. You know that Jordan's is always going to be great. It's hosted by Yomi Shod. Uh, it's at Rich Mix on Wednesday, the 15th of Feb, and tickets are pay as you feel, and they're all less than a tenner, so you've got to get on that. And then we're back in Birmingham again for Verve and it's the Verve Poetry Festival. So this has been running for years now and it's one of the best poetry festivals on the scene. It's a poetry and spoken word festival. It's found a permanent home at the Hippodrome. You can get online tickets, in-person day tickets, weekend tickets, there's workshops, performances, all kinds of things. The Saturday night headline event has Imtiaz Darker, Helen Moore and Hannah Sullivan. That's just the one event. There's tons of stuff, so make sure you get on the Verve Poetry Festival website. It's from the 15th to the 19th of Feb at the Hippodrome in Birmingham. Sunday the 19th of Feb in the East Midlands, you can see Rob Orton at Firebug. So Rob is touring his new show, The Crowd Show, all over the UK. you got to check him out, he's hilarious. It's a mix of spoken word, comedy, general musings. I've picked out Leicester on the 19th of Feb, tickets for that are £12, but he's all over the country. So if you like Rob Orton or if you're curious about it, make sure you check it out. It's called The Crowd Show and it's currently touring all over the UK. Thursday the 23rd of Feb, this is outspoken as you know it, so outspoken in London at the Southbank Centre. Tickets have crept up slightly to £12 as opposed to £10, but you know it's going to be worth it. Um, this month's headliners include uh, Alicia Pi Will Harris and Sarah Howe. That is outspoken at the Southbank Centre on Thursday the 23rd of Feb. The penultimate event I'm going to mention is Friday the 24th of Feb. This is in Bristol at the Arnolfini, one of our favourite venues. It sees Raise the Bar team up with Boat Poets to present Tung Fu. So Tung Fu, as you know, is a live band which features poets on stage and the musicians and the poets improvise with each other. And it's always a a spectacular thing to see unravelling in person. And on Friday the 24th of Feb, they have Deanna Roger and Ben Norris and Belinda Zowie. So tickets start at £6 and go up to £10. You know it's going to be worth it. And then finally, a cheeky plug for one of my events on Tuesday the 28th of Feb in Leeds. Uh, one of our live wire events, this is part of Leeds Lit Fest. It's at High Park Book Club. Tickets are £6 or £4 concession. We've got Sahima Manzer Khan, Tyrone Horton and Jay Mitra on our bill. And you should check out all of the Leeds Lit Fest events as well. A wonderful range, including Lemsis 8 at the Carriage Works. you've got to check that out. Alright, so releases. The first release I want to mention came out this Thursday. It's by Sarala Estruch, and it's called After All We Have Travelled. It was published by Nine Archers Press on Thursday. The debut poetry collection by Sarala Estruch is a distinctive journey across time, continents and cultures, through the memory and generations of family history, exploring the long legacies of empire and its personal and political effects. It is a story of intergenerational grief, vulnerability and disconnection, as well as the enduring powers of love, connection and embarking into motherhood. Estruck's illuminating poems explore the losses incurred by forbidden interracial and intercultural marriage, and is a potent reclamation of voice, story and mixed race identity. Equally courageous and formally bold, this is a compelling collection of lyric poems that address how we risk vulnerability and loss in order to connect with others and the self. So that is out now on Nine Arches Press. Rory Aaron is publishing his debut collection with Verve Poetry Press in March. It's called Cobbled Streets and it's available to pre-order now. This is the narrative poem behind Rory's debut show This Town. Cobbled Streets is a modern-day epic long narrative poem by Rory Aron who is a BBC New Creatives and Southbank Poetry Collective alumni. The autobiographical work is based on Rory's own life growing up in a working class, post-industrialised small town in Derby, and it looks at his own experience with loss, opportunities and friendship. The work also specifically zones in on issues around class, the ethics of army recruitment and support available after combat, the cost of living crisis and mental health. So make sure you check that out. I've seen Rory perform a few times and I really love his stuff. So that is available to pre-order now through Verve. A little uh, anthology that I missed that came out of the back end of last year. It's called Orange Peel, and it's published by Speculative Books, which is a great little indie press up in Scotland. Uh, So it's poetry and fiction from Glasgow's adorable subway system, which is known as The Clockwork Orange. It features writers including... Sam Small, Monica De la Cruz, Imogen Sterling and Brodie McKenzie and it's called Orange Peel and it looks brilliant, you should check it out. It started off looking for submissions on Instagram and it just grew and grew and grew and this anthology is the culmination of loads of hard work on it so do check that out. The penultimate release that I want to speak about is Kai Draper's Sing and Hide which was a pamphlet published by Bad Betty at the end of last year. Kai Draper's Sing and Hide is a tribute to youth, family and the nuances of belonging. While its speaker places us firmly in the distinct and polyphonic context of his coming of age, Woolworths, Megadrive, Spoons, Machino, Peck and Pulse, the Rivoli, he himself is often caught between lines and homes, between pride and shame. Draper's bold, idiosyncratic voice betrays a deep yearning for knowledge of herself and others, drawing the reader in with magnetic effect. Influenced by modern sculpture, there is an architectural quality to these poems, cast into bronze or moulded from London turf, skillfully wielding negative space to draw attention to the unseen and unspoken. So that is Kai Draper with Sing and Hide, out now on Bad Betty Press. And then finally, I want to speak about uh, this collection, which was published by Outspoken uh, this month. So Maria Sophia uh her collection, A Disbelief of Flesh, has just come out on Outspoken. So, A Disbelief of Flesh holds a grief not just for the loved and lost, but one that comes with depth of identity, of culture, of faith. Christodoulou's affection for her Cypriot heritage is channelled through her grandmother and grandfather, through food and the walls of home, and through her mother, whom she embodies sometimes, and who becomes a worshipped figure. We learn here of a tension that exists where pain meets catharsis, making possible a transformative connection with the roots of the self. This debut is a lesson in nuanced and poignant song, so that is Maria Sophia Christodoulou with A Disbelief of Flesh, out now on Outspoken Press, That's my roundup for this month. I just want to finish by saying congratulations to Anthony Joseph on winning the T.S. Eliot Prize earlier this month. And also, there is a surprising amount of decent poetry on TikTok. I know I'm too old to be on TikTok, I get that, but it's actually quite a good place for poetry. So if you're curious about it, maybe give it a go. Thank you for listening. I am going to leave you with a track. Speak soon. everybody, it's Matt Abbott again, I just wanted to share a new poem that I've written, it's called Lonely Boy. You're outside Alcott's Mackies, eating cold chips, all alone. By the handfuls of big issues, and the scratting dogs. Invisible to these shoppers trudging past with deathbed eyes. Check your phone again for the time, it hasn't changed, and no one's messaged. Five followers on TikTok, and a WhatsApp barren. Twelve followers on Insta but not one like for weeks, a Samsung as silent as winter dawn, a deep sigh, a salty scrap, another lonely home time, just a boy in a harbour treading wave after wave after school, a pair of girls from the year below link arms outside Timpsons, as your cousin's mates in co-op blazers cackle through the car park, including him who roasted you at the Farsley Celtic fireworks, floppy ginger fringe, acne on his cheekbones. You're outside Alcott's Mackie's and it's 4.13pm. You're outside Alcott's Mackie's and it's spitting. You're outside Alcott's Mackie's pining for distraction. You're outside Alcott's Mackie's eating cold chips all alone.
1: Sybil, Lonely Life. We have Sybil in the studio with us. Sybil are Julia Davis and Mercedes Grower. You'll know Julia from fantastic TV and films like Big Train. Don't know why I did that voice. Big Train, (laughs) Gavin and Stacey, Love Actually, Nighty Night, Alan Partridge, and their brilliant Sally Forever. And you'll know the fantastic Mercedes Grower from uh, Guy Ritchie, Revolver, and loads of other TV and film. And also, she's a director as well as an actress who made the fantastic indie film breaks. We're going to be getting into all of that, all of that on Roaring Twenties Radio on Soho Radio. First of all, let me say welcome, welcome, welcome.
5: Hello. Hello. Lovely to be
2: here.
1: Uh, It's lovely to have you in the show.
2: Yeah, it's great to have you here. Uh, We've just been. We were wondering what to ask you, there's so much. There is so much to unpack (laughs) so much ground to cover. But we wanted to start at the beginning and you worked together before and then you started to make music together. So how did that happen? How did that start?
6: (laughs) We're looking at each other just to give some visual context to that. (laughs) Um, We, well, we've been friends for a very long time primarily. Yes. And... When did we? I don't know. Do you
5: know, I don't know when we started, because we've gone on and off with it for quite a while. So I can't... Well, both of us played, I suppose, and then we'd probably muck around at home playing, to say you do as friends. I don't know when we started it, but we did a big chunk, and then we stopped, and then we did another big chunk.
6: I reckon we... that was about seven years ago yeah, or something. Yeah, probably.
5: Um, yeah,
6: I think we, we kept hiring rehearsal rooms and just mucking around, and yeah. then we said, let's just go... Into a studio and try and record a bunch of things. And that sort of focused us to do whatever we did, about seven songs, seven or eight songs.
5: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and then different times we've sort of gone back and done things and then tweaked things and then released things
1: slowly and let it kinda marinate and grow and develop.
5: Yeah, it has sort of because you know, lots of doing other things all the time, but then when it happens it's all really lovely when it
1: sort of comes together. So can you tell us a little bit about the name Sybil and the character, the persona Sybil?
6: Again, don't know quite how we hit on it, but we both really like Sybil, the, the film uh, that uh, Sally Field was in, where she has these multiple personalities based on a book, which I've recently read was not true. Apparently, the girl didn't suffer from multiple personalities. She said she was trying to please the therapist. But I was thinking that even, even so, you're still, there's something going on. A performance,
1: yeah. Yeah. So, I, I do remember
5: that when we were talking about... We had discussed, we, we've always loved that, and I remember when we were talking about a band name, we both, a bit like just with the songs just now, both said Sybil at the same time. So there's always been those nice little things in common. I mean, I love the idea because the songs were all different. It sort of made sense. I mean, they're different. They sound so different each... Uh, we're well not one Sort of stylistic, yeah. Yeah, stylistic. So
1: it? each song is a personality, each song is a story.
5: A little bit, yeah, like different characters... I don't yeah. think we're really singing as ourselves. No. Well,
2: Whose no. lonely life, if they were a person, if their personality?
5: Oh wow. What do you mean, in the world itself,
6: or from us, or either? Uh, <laughs> God, that's such a mad question. It's such a, a huge th- question. Um, I don't know. Such lonely.
5: I just well. I, mean, it's a, I, I it's guess certainly everyone, an aspect. It's everyone. an aspect
6: of. I definitely have that aspect to me. Yeah, I think I do too. But it's it not something you like admitting, but.
2: You know. i think we all feel have feelings of that lonely yeah, yeah. points yeah. in time Definitely. yeah yeah but it's a
5: bit like lonely tragic all those things are sort of like you don't really talk about so then saying it in a kind of real or humorous way is a little bit uh it's kind of interesting isn't it because yeah. no one wants to hear it but then it's sort of like it's almost like taboo even though why is that taboo it is yeah. taboo. you don't go around saying god i'm really lonely no, maybe it's sort of...
6: <laughs> no but it's seen as a repellent thing yeah. isn't it but and people will say, oh, he's got a bit of a lonely vibe
5: guy or, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I think when we were first kind of improvising it and singing it or how we did when we were writing, we were doing that sort of singing in the room. Mm-hmm. And then we started laughing when it was sort of lonely life and then such a terrible time. And then, of course, it, it is so true, but it is so funny. So we're trying to keep a straight face, even though it is really sad and we both probably feel like that anyway. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> i think that's what i really love about it this kind of dark it's, it's a dark humor but then it has but then there's sort of another message under there there's a real truth under there and it's one of the things yeah. i really love about your songwriting um so yeah so what's next what are you oh. writing and what are you working on at the moment song well,
6: song wise yeah yeah i mean uh. <laughs> I don't know. we've got a few more we've obviously we've got more
5: to release yes
6: so we've got cherry arms as gone out it? Yeah, yeah. yeah and then... there's, a,
5: there's a few more to go out but just sort of get them well we've had a couple sort of mastered we've got we've yeah. got to get on it really and get them out
1: yeah check, we'll play cherry arms in a bit but um something that i wanted to talk about is because uh, you both have so much experience in film and 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 in performance and in that so the videos are really exciting they're really something to see if you're you know, if, after you listen to this radio show i suggest you google um sybil these videos are fantastic so can you tell me a little bit about that and the process of the visuals and the videos that you're making
5: well, lonely life got banned for having a naked man in it, which yes. is so fucking ridiculous. After the amount of naked women in videos, you know, it's dee 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 dee. You know um, I, I just couldn't believe it. Well, it wasn't. It was. They said it. They wrote to us saying it was banned, and then they said, "Then it's like a child-friendly click, so you can actually watch it if you want to watch it." Okay. But um, how have they made it child-friendly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently it's got to press. You're not a certain age, and now you can watch it. Okay.
1: Okay. But All right. that was
5: quite funny. Um, but what was good about that video is it was made in lockdown, which yes. obviously really suited the song, even though we'd written the song already. Um, and London was just so empty and lonely, I guess, and yeah. everybody was, so it was sort of... And then, lucky for us, Leo Kay, who's a sort of artist and performance performer and everything, he said yes to doing it, poor guy. I did yeah. feel a bit guilty making him face down naked in the snow. Yeah. And
6: possibly even worse for him was in the supermarket. Oh.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> that seems amazing. I'm like, what did you do? Did you ask the supermarket? Well of course he yeah.
6: said, not me. But oh she was like yeah. but then for him, he's got the two guys at the front of the shop doing the normal
1: business and
6: he's like wandering around. <laughs>
3: the
5: supermarket but also when me and you were on our own and we were in um, London Bridge and then I had my bum out and we were going to the cash point machine and then this guy, the only person in London was this um, guy sweeping up the snow or whatever it was. I can't remember what he was doing yeah. it was snow or rubbish, I think it was snow uh, it was a really drizzly day and my little bum at the, <laughs> the cash point was <laughs> in the drizzle and all I could hear was her laughing so much behind me from the other such a the miserable street. day, yeah. a really thick lockdown. Yeah, um, but I loved, make, I loved making that video. It was such yeah, fun, was, and, it, yeah. and to sort of sneak out and do something like that in that time, mm. you know.
1: So are we gonna. What uh, do you think? We'll see more videos and things as the tracks as it as it grows and develops, and more videos and films to look forward to. I'd love to. If we I think to slowly. We'll, yeah, yeah.
5: Because um, they go, go. They're quite. I think they would go with it.
1: Yeah, the stories. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely part of the, the sort of storytelling and this idea of Sybil with all these different personalities mm. and flavours. I love that. Yeah. What about um, a live show? Do you think you might do a live show or a gig? Because I'll be right at the front, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
6: I, I'm probably the more reticent one with that, I think.
5: Yeah, I, when I was reticent, but then recently when someone asked us, I did think mm. we could try a few songs if we just did it very quietly at first. I think I'm
6: very... I'm so Just put a
5: bag over your head well, I'm so perfectionist
6: about a performance anyway in terms of sound and everything, but also so i I never want to perform as my anything I've ever done has never been as me, so I feel i like need to find such a disguise or something to yeah. be able to do it. In a,
5: yeah, I mean, literally a bag would help. And I know there are people, <laughs> there is someone who does that, isn't there? Well, there's the, pod, what's his name, um, the podcast guy in Ireland. He's brilliant. Oh, my God, now my oh, brain's I, I gone. That well, that he has a bag, has on bag on his head. He has a bag on his head. Yeah. He's fantastic. Oh, my God, it's Blind yeah. Boy. Oh, yeah. Um, he's just fantastic, yeah. yeah. His shows are brilliant. And he always has a bag over his head. Yeah. You know, he did um, that song ages ago, There's the horse outside. Oh, God, it's like that so
2: good. Cool. Yeah, that's yeah, brilliant. But, awesome. but
5: apart from that, he does an incredible podcast. Similarly...
2: But There's been trends recently of bands not playing as themselves, quite famous bands. So, I think for their similar kind of feel, yeah, like they just go at, do it under a different name, yeah, and then just and then whoever finds out finds out, yeah, yeah, and then you get to kind of be whoever you want to be, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And you could play the videos behind you, that yeah. is one way of doing it, yeah, yeah, you could do that, and and make it much more like visual, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Spiritualize mm, yeah, to do that, that. Yeah, yeah, so that's a good way to hide, yeah, yeah,
2: build a wall <laughs> like Pink Floyd, just yeah. <laughs>
5: slowly take it down, yeah. <laughs> it's funny that name, though, Sib because I, I always think, even though we named it after the um, the book, I always think of the Sibyls as well, like the sort of the crazy Sibyls that come through you. And it's quite fun, but it's spelt differently. Yeah. But, you know, I'm so dyslexic, that makes no difference in my life.
1: <laughs> but, I really, yeah, I, I, I love it. I love Sibyl. I love the lo-fi feel. I love the dark twistiness. Um, yeah, it was just, yeah, I was just like, yeah, this is my kind of music, I like it. What, what are your... Um, influences or heroes or or you know if you were if all right imagine you're doing your dream gig who would you be supporting that would be
5: terrifying i don't know if i'd want to support my heroes, i just want to watch them no never
1: meet your heroes that's the thing isn't it oh it's so it's so so broad but who do you love who do you love
6: i love Nirvana, foo fighters um crosby stills and nash
1: yeah crosby stills Mm. and nash for sure um Oh, rest in peace, Crosby. Yeah,
5: yeah. I mean, it's so hard because you go back, you know, because I was younger. It, it, yeah, there was those bands completely, and then there was Kate Bush. Yeah. and mm. Bowie, Gillian Welsh. Yeah, I love, love her. her. Yeah, um, Wee Harvey. Yeah, and then recently I've listened to Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> it <just got laughs> completely off
6: my usual. Yeah, like Justin Timberlake. I mean, so many varied wheaters. Remember That teenage dirt bag? I love that. It's a bit of a banger, I
2: love it. It's a bit of a banger,
5: yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, there's different times of your life when you're into different music, isn't it? Or different albums, it's so not that you play albums so much anymore, yeah.
2: But shall we hear Cherry Arms mm. and then we'll come yes. back
5: to our three songs, yeah? Yes, that's, please. Oh, yeah, that's, I love, yeah, I
1: love him too. Okay, oh, so wonderful. this is Cherry Arms by Sybil. 20s radio on Soho Radio. I'm Selina Godden. I'm here with
2: Amarose Abrams. And we're in
1: the studio with Mercedes. (laughs) Julia. Um, Sybil. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we rehearsed that. No, we obviously didn't. Um, It's really lovely to have you here. We just played uh, Cherry Arms. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Can Um, you remember writing it and recording it, for example?
5: Yeah, we were with our mutual friend Chin. Ah, oh, Chin. Yeah. Chinny yeah. Chin. Chinny Chin. As in Chinny Chin yeah. yeah. Chin. Yeah. I the know him well. Uh, <laughs> Gila <Gidea laughs> Tornero, fantastic artist. Oh, beauties. And we were in their studio, and uh, I, I just remember we were recording it there, but I don't remember. It came out quite quickly. I don't know. It was just sort of a bit of a rambled. Yeah. I think as soon, I think I just remember saying saying the words cherry arms, thinking that was funny. And then as soon as Jules started <laughs> doing those amazing harmonies, it just sounded so, suddenly sounded really. So like you can't talk about your own song, but it went kind of really beautiful. Yeah, you know? I think we did I a think thing where we kept
6: leaving each other in the room to record bits. Oh, we
5: did. Do you did. remember? Yeah, like, yeah. you would do a bit, and then someone would go out, and then someone. Yeah, we did that a lot. It yeah. was fun doing that. Yeah, so Chin just recorded it really, on yeah, in there in that studio. Did we ever do anything else? I don't um... think we did.
6: I think we were always trying to. I think we thought, does it need a chorus? Does it need this? Does it? Yeah. But then, it seemed to work as just a. Quite short song,
5: but I think most of the time when we've just sat there, the two of us do a bit each, and then we just start. When we start smiling at the other person, saying it, it kind of works.
1: Yeah, and yeah. Then you know it. Mm. There's that connection going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. We well, can see it here in, in the studio today. The way you're sort of talking, you know, can see that you're really like enjoy working together, and it's just really refreshing. And um, while I want to talk about that, let let's have a little chat about breaks. Um this fantastic indie movie that you're in. Valentine's yes. Selena's amazing oh, uh, acting I'm debut. Shouty zombie lady. <laughs> <laughs> I play a zombie lady. Um yeah. Um Yeah. Actually, yeah. Frank- you're, you're, Actually you're, I'm you're, br- you're 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 the
5: bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, I was just thinking that. But no, you're going I'm,
1: out with a zombie. I'm yelling at a zombie, that's yeah. it, that's
5: it. Because as I think it was you or someone once said to me, hasn't everyone
1: everyone's gone out with a zombie at some point? <laughs> Too true. Too true. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, can you tell us a little bit about Breaks? It's, it's on... It's on, um... it's
2: on Apple TV at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. got told it's that. Streaming services.
1: And it's the perfect film if you really hate Valentine's Day. Watch it on Valentine's yeah. Day. Yeah.
5: Yeah, it's like a sort of uh, anti rom com or, I don't know, um, a twisted little version on that, but not really. I mean, it is quite romantic in its own topsy-turvy way. It's just a... Uh, it goes backwards, so it's nine relationships that you see or uh, the endings of. And then you see all the beginnings. Oh, and of course, Julia Davis is starring oh, in it as well. Both, both the women here are in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, and it's just sort of. Uh, I think people li- liked it maybe because it was uh, less um, glossy. It was an unglossy version of the kind of madness we all live in.
1: Yeah, yeah. And,
5: and maybe something that's very universal, but it always feels so. Horrifically individual. When you're going through it, you're like, "Oh, poor me!" Yeah. But then you realise, you know.
1: But the way it's shot and the way it's made, it's it's so organic and it feels very much to me. For one, I know this is a bit of a cliche, but it is. It's a love letter to London because yeah, the, the way it's filmed and the places that you've chosen to film, it's very London and of a time. And uh, I remember watching it again in the lockdown and just feeling this kind of pang for something.
5: I knew it was going to go, especially around here in Soho, and I was getting into the. Um, the pawn shops quickly and like making like please let me film it here because i knew they were going to knock all those little streets down yeah I was like, fuck it's gonna go yeah. my
2: goodness because it's really changed a lot mm.
5: yeah i know yeah. It's so it's really annoying because yeah. i love soho the old soho yeah all i mean the it, artists and crazy people
1: yeah i mean no i'm just remembering now remembering the film now remembering you filmed me doing a poem in blacks and blacks doesn't even look like that inside no anymore. it doesn't now yeah yeah, that was
5: great. You doing that? was fantastic. It was, yeah.
1: fantastic. I was like <laughs> it was terrible. It's well, awful. I think
5: it's just that it was a nice to uh, you know rather than waiting, just getting up and doing it. Just, just to, it's amazing when you bring artists together and there and there isn't say the funding that you get normally on, on films or not later on you get hopefully. But um, people are so generous and yeah. give their whole spirit. And luckily, I've got such interesting, exciting, brilliant friends that it's also really,
6: really nice working like it's like much more fun. Than, yeah. than when you're actually paid for it. Because that's <laughs> I'll a, pay you next time. <laughs> it's just, no, but it's just because it's like production always makes it quite, I think, personally, it feels quite inhibiting creatively because you've got so many
1: schedules. Yeah, and, yeah, it
6: just takes away a lot of. I mean, it's, you know. Well, someone's saying you
5: can't do that. No, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, I mean, the locations
6: you got, you would ordinarily have had to pay so much money and, and book out streets and all the rest of it, you know. Oh, like, yeah, I
5: got away with complete. Bloom. And funny yeah. enough, actually, I bumped into Rufus Norris the other day and, you know, he runs the National Theatre and I would said to him, that you know, because we'd managed to film the entrance to the National Theatre with um, Ollie Maltman and Julian Barrett at the beginning and I, I didn't get any permission but I knew the stage door from working there and they're like, oh, go on, let's just do it. And I saw them on the roof, Nicholas Heitner and... Um, and Rufus Norris, and I thought they'd nodded to me. It was fine. But actually, when I popped into the other day, he's like, no, I didn't know you did that. Great. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, getting kicked off tubes. We got kicked off a tube, Paul McGann, screaming at everyone because they were... It was but That was fun. It was like everyone went back to being how they started off. Yeah. Which is also... I think sometimes people forget that people got into it for fun originally. Mm. Yeah,
1: yeah. It did really feel like that. It's almost like guerrilla filmmaking. Yeah. Is that the right? <clears throat> yeah. yeah. It's like quite, something quite anarchic. It's got everyone in it. It's got Julia and um, Roman McGiff. Kerry, Fo- Fo- Kerry Fox, Fox being amazing. amazing it? Yeah. yeah,
5: and Peter White. Yes. Oh, God, if I don't name check everyone yeah, yeah, now. You're going to have to do everyone uh, yeah, Oh, Siobhan no. Hewitt, um, Noel Fielding. Uh, Noel Fielding, of course. <laughs> <laughs> He's brilliant in it. He's yeah. You know, very different to how it normally is, isn't it?
1: Yeah. But
2: but I feel like also you can get the energy, the energy that you're talking about of making it, you can feel that when you're watching it. Steve
5: Orum, Kelly Campbell, yeah. 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 Oh, good, I hope so, yeah. I know it's weird, actually, because you just think, how can you... Can you keep that energy going? You probably can't making a film in a bit more of a serious way, but you hope to to keep some of it. Yeah. I think
6: like you say, it's the thing about remembering why you why you start out getting into being creative doing creative stuff. Because
5: you do lose sight of it sometimes. But you have yeah. that in all your projects as well, it feels quite I like kind of...
6: it. I try and get friends together and people I really like and you know but inevitably it's not the same as when you're sort of forced to do something, you know, what's that phrase? necessity is the mother of inv- invention, yeah, that thing, yeah. that it just yeah. makes
5: you just do. Because funny enough, that scene of you and Peter and Groucho, you didn't really want to do it that day, and that is such an amazing yeah. scene. Yeah. And it was like, it was just, it was br-
1: brilliant. I mean, totally brilliant. And just, You've got two black eyes and <laughs> you <laughs> <singing. laughs>
5: time shouted at you in the street, I never, sh- and I was like, you're doing it! Because everyone was working for free. And she was like, okay! And then you were so happy afterwards. Yeah, because it, it was so funny. It wasn't. had gone so well and that you could tell yeah. between them the atmosphere was just the whole room, everyone was laughing yeah. and smiling. And that's nice if all your crew smiling as well. Yeah, mm.
1: yeah. That was hilarious.
5: And um, same with you and Dan on the roof, you know, just bonkers. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Oh, you do you Good think times.
2: are you Good gonna days. got any other directorial? things in the pipeline. yeah i'm
5: writing a, a film at the moment and will direct it yeah that's it's, exciting yeah it is a bit more kind of like not not well, i won't say grown up but it's yeah doing it properly with people and things so it's taking longer
2: well, so we let, look forward to that and mm-hmm. i just
1: want to have a chat with you julia about this very very rude podcast that you do can you tell us about that please
6: Um, Yeah, this is Dear Joan and Jericho, which is me and Vicky Pepperdine, uh, where we play these agony aunts. Um, I sort of speak a bit like that, which is a tiny bit sort of Lorraine Kelly. (laughs) And Vicky's sort of quite strident sort of no-nonsense. And basically, we write letters and we just improvise the whole thing. So... I quite often write the letter and then she doesn't know what I'm going to say and then <laughs> answers the problem. And we always side with men in our answers. That's the kind of basic sort of underpinning of it. Um,
2: this wonderful one about Prince Andrew. <laughs> Go on, what's that? I one? don't know. I, I vaguely remember. This is a thing.
6: We improvise them and then I can't really remember what we've. Um, I remember
2: something about. Um, Something about his pubes? Queen, yeah, his pubes and the, the, the kind of very long <laughs> vaginal lips of the royal family.
3: <laughs> yeah, we de- I feel so bad because
2: it was oh,
6: not that long after that that the Queen died, but we were doing very it's rude things about... Yes, yeah, all our fault. It was about her having very long pubes and stuff. Yeah, it was... Um, yeah, it's just... Again, it's that weird thing. Something about recording radio as well I don't know if you have this but where you forget that it's actually happening for real or it's someone's going to hear it. Yeah. and plus we always did that podcast thinking no one would ever hear it it's got a sort of cultish following so not everyone has heard it but people that do like it seem to like it
1: well that's something for us to. so there's your top tips go and watch breaks and go and listen to dear Joan and Jerrica
2: yeah maybe maybe there might be a Sybil gig in the future
1: yeah. Yeah. So we asked you to, um, ch- to to pick a track, and uh, and what track did you did you want us to play?
5: Well, this is another one of our weirds. We both thought sort of um, "Baby Bitch" at the same time by Ween.
1: A fantastic song. I love this I know, song. I really mm, that yeah. was quite fun. Yeah, I haven't heard this for years. So let's um, let's play that out. And thank you so much for coming in and chatting to us, on mm-hmm. Twenties for you. Thank, you. thank you. Thank you. This is "Baby Bitch."
7: It's been a while since I've seen you smile But now you've come back again Came into the room and you saw my girl And you asked her how long it's been oh yeah, she said, and you shook your head Said i surprised it's gone Baby bitch, for words and loss, baby, baby, baby bitch. I'm better now, please forgot. What else you gonna say while you're back on your stay? Maybe something, maybe nothing, we'll see. You're beautiful, I guess. I wasn't for you, and you weren't for me, baby, 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 fish. Please step back into yourself. Good day, boy, for you, babe. Now skinny and sick
2: He's radio my name's Amarose i'm here with Lena Gordon and Sybil. and this is going to be my art roundup as I said earlier in the show i've spent most of this month going through uh the archive of my dad's center, so it's like a lot of dusty boxes, not many shows, and um yeah a lot of kind of strange kind of i don't know uh, nostalgic moments but In the middle of all that I did manage to do a trip to Accra, which was a press trip. And I went just in October which for a conference and I went back this time and was lucky enough to meet loads of artists who are working in the area. I think last time I was there I did um, go to the portrait painter Moako Boafo's residency where he wow. gives a lot of space to to artists, local artists and kind of it's all portraiture, a lot of portraiture and he just kind of is facilitating people there. And this time, I kind of got to see a lot more. We met this artist, Gideon Appa, who has a show opening at Pace Gallery in Hanover Square, not far from the studio. And Gideon does these amazing, like, dreamscape-type paintings. They're a lot from imagination, and they'll be kind of like... It very much looks like a painting of a dream, and it's very different from a lot of the other artists working there. He's a really, really interesting man. And, yeah, it, that show doesn't open until the 17th of March, but I highly recommend his work. He's quite a deep well, I think we were saying on the trip, <laughs> like describing him as a deep well. He's just a really interesting artist. We also got to meet the artist, Sergio uh, Tukwe Clotty, and he does, he works a lot with, he calls it Afro-galanism. But you know these uh, yellow kind of plastic containers, and I think they're mainly used to contain oil. And um, they get reused, or they used to get reused. I think now people know that it's quite toxic to keep food in something that used to keep oil in. But I don't think a while ago, nobody was even thinking about that. And so he, was, he uses this material in lots of different ways and makes paintings, melts it down, creates these kind of almost kind of beaded, almost like a beaded curtain effect with these paintings made out of little squares of different types of these old plastic containers that are waste that you find a lot in um in ghana and other parts of africa so that was really interesting um and just and a kind of a treat a surreal treat to be popped out of freezing cold england the uh, four days in Ghana and then back into the freezing cold again <laughs> it was Damn. really a strange experience but that was wonderful and so I haven't got that many show recommendations for you this time but I've got two so one if you are feeling the January blues if you're feeling a little bit I don't know, like it's all grey and there's no colour in anything. I really recommend heading down to David's Werner, which is on Davy Street, uh, for Dan Flavin Coloured Light. And basically it's all, it's, he's a minimalist artist, he was a minimalist artist and it's all work with neons and him kind of balancing colour with light and it just will make you feel warm and wonderful and you can bathe in the light there and kind of see what he did he was a real genius and then there's another show um, at Covimora which is just in South London and it's female painters I think there's Toyin Ogio de Jennifer Packer who it's quite difficult to see her work over here actually and then Lynette Yiadom-Boakye, who has the show at Tate Britain and it's a group show of paintings at Mora. the great thing about commercial galleries they're free So uh, head down to see either of those, and I think they will lift your winter slightly. But um, my opinions aside, has anyone else seen any art this month or recently that they like?
1: I haven't. (laughs) <laughs> but, but i have got some information for you oh yes i have information for you which must keep under your hat um the fantastic artist sarah lucas yes is pulling together an all-woman show um oh, which wonderful. is called i think it's called big women yes yes so let's keep an eye on that more is coming from that they're slowly dripping out information of how that's going to present itself there's a show i think she's putting on like a um a like a village fate oh that'd be so like, much like fun. a subversive kind of village fate um a certain poet you know might be doing something there might she yes she might be <laughs> i might be a big woman and uh, i'm very very excited about that i love sarah lucas and so that's uh but i'll be able to tell you more about that next month Oh, next month but, yeah that that was an interesting little email i got um and i'm not allowed to tell you anything else <gasps>
2: uh and um do either of you guys do you like contemporary art do you enjoy it or it's like- yeah, I do. I love
5: contemporary art. I'd sort of um I love Florence Peak's work, she's a really good friend of mine. And oh, she, she does like. lots of live performances as well with clay and ceramics and mixes dance and art together. But I saw Lucien Freud the other because someone took me to it so oh, that Yeah, was... I went to see that. Did you? Yeah. Ah, it's yeah. really interesting. It's right? brilliant. Yeah. yeah.
2: It's like cuz he people he seems to flow in and out of fashion quite a lot but his he there is just something really enduring about his painting I think and really affecting. Yeah. Like can touch you with
5: it. Yeah, definitely. It's the co- it's the comp- I thought I was watching it I was thinking the the compositions are so interesting like the way he just puts some um, like a man in clothes next to a man who's naked together but it's not they're not together. It's just this strange like they're sort of touching but not it's not sexual. You don't know what their relationship is and mm. then yeah, I loved all the way he, he just... Uh, this, and then that eerie one, I think it's probably himself looking at that woman asleep. It's really... I don't know, it's like you can feel all the darkness... Oh, definitely. their relationship. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a space... Like, uh, it's a cliché, but the space is in between... All of it, yeah. where it all seems to happen. Yeah, it's amazing. All right, well, that's our art roundup for this month. <laughs> oh, and also, I, I, got, I did get to see the Beauty and the
5: Bloodshed. That was called the Nan Golden. That is a fantastic film. film. Oh, I really What was your take on it? Oh, there's just so much to say, isn't there, in this short time? But yeah, she's just lovely amazing.
2: She yeah. is, and what she's achieved with that is just, I think, it'll I go down in history because it's it, it is literally David and Goliath. Yeah. Um, she taking on this family that you know probably richer than the government yeah and winning yeah oh, yeah Oh, good. We love her. So, all right, let's get on. This is another great woman of a completely different kind, but this is friend of the show, Gemma Rogers, wonderful singer-songwriter. So we are going to now hear from her. I think this is her new single. It is. It's her new single. It's her
1: new work. Keep an eye. We've had uh, Gemma's a big friend of the show, and I'm very excited about the new work that's coming out. Hopefully we'll have her on as a guest again. That'll be fun. Soon as she can tell us all about it. Look out for Gemma Rogers. This is wonderful. I love this.
2: This is The Great Escape. Radio. I am Amarose and um, I'm joined in the studio by my co-host, Selena Gordon and oh, Sybil, who've joined us for this show. Oh, no. hello. Next up, <laughs> next up, we've got, <laughs> actually before I tell you what's next, I'm going to tell you what you've just had. And that's Self-Portraiture by Nuhar Rubyra. And before that, we had Wet Leg with Shays Long. And before that, we had The Great Escape by Gemma Rogers. Um, now... We're going to have Selena doing her book roundup. Ah
1: yes, time for the book roundup There's
2: so many exciting books
1: coming in 2023 Get a pen and paper, I've got some really lovely things t- for you to look up and read and look forward to So these are pre-orders, these are brand new things on the shiny horizon So um, Top of my list, um, this list I'm reading from is the list that I've just made on our bookshop.org page, so it's time for a fresh book recommendation, list for 2023 Here's a rich selection of some new releases we're looking forward to, books we're enjoying and writers we intend to be championing on the show throughout this year so i'm going to start with uh, kim moore the fantastic poet kim moore she has are you judging me yet poetry and everyday sexism everyone's talking about this book we've got to check it out i don't think anyone's ever written about what it's like to be a woman and a poet in this era, really, and what actually goes on when you're trying to publish your work, get your work published, and uh, do gigs and stuff. I'm so looking forward to seeing how she's going to encapsulate that. Also, Wolfish, the stories we tell about fear, ferocity and freedom by Erica Berry. Keep, out, keep a look out for that. Rosewater, the debut novel from Liv Little. That looks amazing, and it's on its way out. Um, published just yesterday, I'm Black So You Don't Have To Be, a memoir in eighteen. Lives by the great Colin Grant, that literally was just published yesterday. Go get that, check it out. It's absolutely fantastic, vivid, just profound. I, I really enjoyed uh, reading that. Uh, what else is on my list? Dance Your Way Home, A Journey Through the Dance Floor by the fantastic Emma Warren. Um, so look out for that. That's on the way. That's pre-order. Um, what else do we have? Cuddy, Benjamin Myers. Um, winning everything, left, right and centre, is Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, The Word of Mouth by Gabrielle Zevin. Um, that's that's look at that's literally just won the, what's it called? The Indie Bookshop Champion, ah, Champions of Indie something. It won something this week so look out for that um legend deborah levy has a book on her way on its way august blue Um, enchantment reawakening wonder in an exhausted age by Catherine may i'm personally really excited about the new novel coming from han kang greek lessons from the international book of prize winning prize winning Prize-winning author. I'm going too fast. I'll slow down. I get very excited when I get to tell you about books. Um, Dispatches from the Diaspora by Gary Young. I'm excited about that. Small Worlds from the best-selling author of Open Water by Kaleb Azuma Nelson. We loved Open Water and I really loved meeting him and hanging out with him uh, last year and hopefully we can get him on the show to talk about the new one, which is Small Worlds. Um, As you know, I'm a huge fan of the Faber editions and there's a new one coming and it's The Shutter of Snow, um, which is by Emily Holmes Coleman. So I'm really looking forward to that. I've been having a bit of a binge on everything by um, Kim Adonisio. I really love her writing, particularly loved her memoir um, Bukowski Bukowski in a sundress Um, but there's a fantastic collection of poems what is this thing called love which I think is a really good starting point I just love her work I think she's amazing Um, winning everything winning everything Uh, recently just won the T.S. Eliot is um, Anthony Joseph and that's sonnets for Albert Um, and so that's just one one loads things doing really well um, I should also mention The Creative Act, A Way of Being by Rick Rubin. I think I've mentioned this before, but gosh, this book is beautiful. It's just a lovely, chunky bit of good advice. And it's like having a big brother whispering in your ear. And Rick Rubin's such a legend. It's a beautiful book. So I really um, hope you can get your hands on that. And Max Porter Shy, that's fantastic. And you can find all of these on the list on my list on um, bookshop.org. I'm also going to give a shout out to Dust Sucker by Jen Caliger. Dust Sucker is a remarkable new book length poem by writer and translator Jen Caliger. It's clear eyed, expansive, and intoxicating. This exhilarating work deftly blurs disparate themes, including time and mortality. Um, also, the fact Fantastic Kirsty Logan has Now She Is A Witch. Everyone's talking about this. If you like your witchcraft, if you like your dark, spooky stuff, then Kirstie's really good at that. And so she's got a new one out, Now She Is A Witch, and I'm really looking forward to getting stuck in with that. I'm coming to the end. What was the last one? Oh, oh, pessimism is for lightweight. 30 pieces of courage and resistance by someone called Selina Godden. That's coming out next month. Um, it's one... It was um, Pessimism and It's Lightweight. It was one of the first publications to come off the Rough Trade Books Press. And it began as 13 pieces of courage and resistance. And these poems are written for the Women's March, poems that salute peaceful protest, poems on sexism and racism, class discrimination, poverty, homelessness, immigration and identity. This book stands in solidarity, solidarity, with every striker and every protest. Let's protest more protest. I'm probably going to get arrested for saying that
2: but it'll be worth it oh it will <laughs> <laughs> thanks selena that's so good yeah, yeah there's so many but i think so it's much. a
1: really good a really rich year for poetry and for books and for um activism in writing and everything i'm very very excited as you can tell by my voice it gets higher and higher and faster and faster but i do think there's some fantastic things on the way
2: there are and um not to segue completely away from books but, How very dare you! Yeah. <laughs> a lot of great films.
1: Ah, oh, yeah, films. Last night I watched a brilliant film called The Triangle of Sadness. And oh yeah, you're just talking about <laughs> it's it. It's not yeah. about vaginas.
6: <laughs> is that what you were hoping? I we was hoping. I was hoping.
1: <laughs> I was growing my pubes and hoping.
2: But that is brilliant. It's so funny. I mean, yeah. it's. I think in a way for some for people listening who haven't heard, haven't seen it, it's don't want to spoil it by trying to talk around it too much, but it's just hilarious. It, it's, po- it's very political. It's a bit like a, a, take on Lord of the Flies, but it's more than that.
1: It's also a little bit like white Lotus, but <laughs> yes. kind of goes in there kind a bit. Similar yeah, stream yeah. they're
2: all in at the moment.
1: There's a real fashion at the moment, isn't there for things like succession and white Lotus, where very, very wealthy people are ripped apart, torn apart their lives. We see how ugly and how ugly money is. And, and, have you noticed that? I've noticed mm. that. Yeah, it's everywhere. I'm right eating now. it up. I love it, though. <laughs> like, <laughs> is that bad or a good thing? Well, I don't it, know.
5: It, it, they've been good shows. so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's good.
1: What are your favourites? What are you watching? What are you love? Well, it's funny
6: you talking about that film because I love an earlier film that the director made called Force Majeure. Yeah, that's. Have you seen that? I haven't. It's a I masterpiece, haven't. that yeah. film. And it's also
5: amazing.
1: Oh, I will look that up because I really liked that one. Yeah. yeah,
5: yeah. And he did The Square as well, didn't he? Yeah,
1: yeah. But his first one is just like. Yeah, you have to see it. It's incredible. Good, good, good. And what else are you watching or liking? Anyone?
2: I watched The Bear, and I know I'm really late on this. I kept seeing all through last year people like, this is the best thing you're going to see all year. And you know, you're just like, okay, okay, okay. And then I finally watched it. And I thought that was fantastic because it's it's a comedy, but it's basically about grief and about kitchens and cooking. And it's a chef and basically he gets left his brother, his family restaurant by his brother, who would never let him work there. And in reaction to that, he basically goes and becomes a world famous chef. And he's running Mm. this kitchen in a New York restaurant and he's at the top of his game but perhaps not very happy, and he comes back to a very miserable situation in Chicago trying to run a sandwich shop. Wow. And it, it is really good. It's.
5: I, yeah. I loved an Irish-speaking film. I don't know what it is in Irish, sorry, but I think it's called The Quiet Girl. The Quiet oh. Child. Quiet, yeah. I was and, looking at um, the picture of that. Yes, what's it, that? What's that? It, it's just really... It's. I don't know, there's something really um, mysterious and beautiful about it. Yeah, I thought that was really lovely film I saw recently. I like Triangle of Sadness as well, even though I kind of, I just knew what was going to happen the whole time, but I liked it (laughs) more than I thought I would. Um, Did uh, you see the Banshees of... I did see the Banshees, yeah. I thought uh, Kerry Condon was fantastic in it. Yeah, she's amazing. And it's, uh, yeah, I liked that film. I think it was nice that you walked away sort of thinking, um, like I walked away thinking, it's just funny that he was sort of saying, the old, you know, Brendan wanted to be so... You have to be something in this world, a bit like what we've been talking about earlier. And then the other guy's like, "Well, what about just the here and now and the people in the village?"
1: Yeah, in the and, pub, and, yeah, yeah.
5: And who's to say what's right or wrong in that? I just like the way that I didn't. The argument goes on or whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah. Very much, very much like waiting for Godot in a way. There's like a I don't know why it sort of reminded me of that in a way that nothing's really resolved. It's going round and round. In yeah, this kind I quite of, like that with films. Yes, I like. it. A self. Yeah
5: philosophical idea but also kind of funny.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my friend um my friend worked on that film. Um and I wondered if she made the fingers. I'm going to have to ask her. Anita. <laughs> Anita? Yeah, yeah, I was just yeah. thinking that. I don't know if she did. That's I don't funny. know if she made the funny fingers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So do you do you follow the Oscars and things like that? What do you think about the, what, things like do, I don't know if I follow it to you. Oh, I do, do you care.
5: I, I think I bit... used to but not as much these days. Yeah, it's a bit ugh.
1: That was just well, trying, to, trying to sound like, a yeah, the old school. Well, it's I, really I difficult, really, isn't I, it? Because
5: you want, you know, you, you make films or we we make films and we're interested in that. But I think the whole, I mean, I think I have a a problem with mainstream, uh, the circus of it all. Yeah. But that's not necessarily saying I don't like some films that go into them or performances that are part, part of them, you know, um, which I can do. But it's sort of. I don't know what I think of the whole situation in that way right now. I'm more interested in the, maybe what's going on in the European films yeah. and the, the people where I don't. I love seeing films where I don't know who people are. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's more yeah. exciting to me because then I'm in it rather than oh, there's what's a face in a fake whatever doing a. <laughs> <laughs> so I know, a, yeah.
1: yeah, I know what you mean. I and sometimes it's it's the, it's like they're just playing the same character in every film. Like there's certain anyway, well, it's, it's so,
2: so you're refreshing. Someone when you... do someone. It's like they're doing that now. it's too familiar it's too much like an echo chamber I find it really hard to find films at the moment
5: well like European festivals are good for that if you look on like those kind of festival circuits those films that are sort of I, know, yeah, I like, really I like feeling stuff. like I'm discovering something. Mm. I like
1: feeling like I'm the first person to find a book or to find an author. And then when I find an author or a poet I really love, I start reading all the stuff they've ever done and like, re- you know, and uh, yeah. in, in kind of get like, wow, this person's a new fit. I think, you know, I've often said this, I think one of my worst nightmares would be to sit on a train or, or a bus and then get my book out of my bag, all ready to have a read, and then look up and everyone's reading the same book. Mm. I'd be like, ah!
6: I've just remembered a film I really like. I don't know who it's by. It's called Suntan. Yeah. Oh, so not After Sun, name. which is a the, that recent one. But Suntan. It's about... Have you seen it? No. No, it's
8: seen.
6: just about this um, lonely man who goes to a Greek island. I think he's a doctor. And then he ends up sort of hanging out with younger people. And it's, it's just very... Again, weirdly about loneliness. It's just a very moving and brilliant film. But I, I can't remember who it's by. But oh, but one to look a up a mini recommendation did you
5: like the Johanna yeah, Hogg ones the, the Johanna Hogg films I like those tell me more um, God, I've got
6: do you mean Souvenir, yeah. Yeah. souvenir. Yeah, yeah. yeah I haven't seen I like the really no. early stuff as
5: well yeah so. her early stuff's great but I really like that film as well that, that came out there's Souvenir 1 and Souvenir 2 but it was just before that sort of Oscar buzz that's going around kind of thing
2: it gets unwieldy the Oscar buzz yeah it dominates the you know, conversation yeah
1: yeah, it, may, it, it makes you want to go and find out about the things that aren't listed. Mm. Go and find the secret undergroundy yeah. things. who's, yeah. winning, who's, who's, going who's with, not like... being mentioned? They're yeah. normally yeah. more interesting. Yeah,
5: yeah. Or Berlin, or Cannes, or you know, where are those Iranian films? Or I don't know, just unusual films.
1: Yeah. So mm. when you were when you were growing up, I'm going to put this out to the room. When you were growing up, was there a specific film or TV show or book that really sort of formed the essence of who you are now?
5: Wow, that's so I don't know. Old
1: music. I loved West Side Story when I was little, but Oh, <laughs> so did I.
5: Um I loved Jesus Christ Superstar.
6: <laughs> I loved Wood and Walters. <laughs> um films. Did you fancy Jesus a bit? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've always fancied Jesus. <laughs> oh, I've
5: always had a thing I always I always thought I should be Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> i don't, i
2: got really into um i remember reading ian banks and getting really obsessed with that kind of were you five when you were doing that no, no it was like I read, I read it quite young i, was, I think i was at like 11 what was it the wasp factory
1: mm.
5: or? it was walking oh, on glass yes. mm-hmm. i
2: think i don't know how i managed to access the, i think i should i managed to get my hands on it it was too young didn't really understand most of it but that, I really got into that and then got into this kind of this obsessed with different dystopias and things like that. Mm. And that really did inform a lot of what I was into. And then I got obsessed with uh, London Fields oh, by yeah. Martin Amis because mm. I thought it was a really funny book. And then I got obsessed with Metroland by Julian Barnes because I just thought it was such a funny depiction of a uh, friendship Mm. and this, and I used to go to school in the centre of town and I'd go from Finsbury Park to Baker Street and then um, I'd always get, be obsessed with the end of the Metropolitan Line and it's called <laughs> Metroland yeah. and it's about that space and I was always kind of, a, what, what lies beyond which mm. kind of place.
5: I think early Woody Allen films for me as well were probably, I just was like, oh, I just couldn't get enough of them when I was younger. And, yeah. You know, when I first started, <clears throat> you know, finding that kind of stuff.
1: I don't know yeah. if I'm allowed to say that now, but bleh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, I think, yeah, I remember finding them really quirky and really, yeah, like, who's this guy with the big glasses? And, yeah, I can
2: remember that. Just chats, just
5: films about conversation. It was so nice. Mm. But also him and Diane Keaton, like, when they're improvising in Love and Death and they're cracking each other up and things like that, I, I just was like, wow, what's that? Yeah. How are people doing
1: that? I remember someone giving me a vinyl... Uh, like a vinyl album of Whoopi Goldberg on stage doing stand up, mm. like back in the day, back oh, in the wow. day. Yeah. And she was so rude. Like it was just <laughs> swear word after swear word, you know, this, and uh, And like all the way through it, like ruder than, than Eddie, who was the, what was his name? Eddie. Eddie. Eddie Murphy sorry like even ruder than Eddie Murphy because I remember everyone was really into Eddie Murphy you know when he's in the red suit the red sort of jumpsuit and he's doing those really filthy stand-up routine and this was like Whoopi Goldberg and I only knew her from the colour purple and being this kind of quite serious yeah yeah i'm remembering the very moment i put it on and i was just like wow and she was just swearing fluently and i fell in love with the swearing fluently yeah. a woman swearing fluently yeah. yeah yeah i loved that
2: anyway yeah okay well um, we've learnt a lot and now we're gonna hear a song <laughs> this is uh, am 180 by Grandaddy.
9: Take on what?
1: listening to Roaring Twenties Radio on Soho Radio. I'm Selena Godden and I'm here with
2: I'm Rose Abrams
1: and we're coming to the end of the show nearly 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 but I just want to let you know if you've been enjoying the music, you've been enjoying the poetry, you've been enjoying the- Chat and all the good stuff from Sybil. You can find all the information you need at our Twitter, which is at Roaring20s Radio. The 20 is 2O and then it's an S. Um, And then you'll also find Sybil on Twitter. Is it just Sybil UK? Uh,
5: (laughs) I think. (laughs) Sybil uh, Music, I think. Sybil Music. That's Sybil,
1: S Y B I L. And you'll also find us on Instagram.
2: Roaring Twenties, the same vibe, same zero s. Same vibe,
1: <laughs> same yeah. vibe. Yeah. I like that answer. Yeah, yeah. same me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just look out for the purple and yellow Just... logo. Our logo is a big roaring, <laughs> roaring lion, roaring for art and culture and books and activism and beautiful things in the world. Ah, yeah. uh, it's been such a wonderful show. It um, has.
2: It's been great.
1: Yeah. So, what's your what's your next few weeks looking like, Mercedes?
5: Um, the next few weeks, I'm just writing at the moment, pretty, um, yeah. Winter to, winter writing winter time. Winter writing and, yeah, deadlines and, and things like that. And then, um, yeah, just doing that, really. Just trying yeah. to get this next film off the ground. And other. then I I think we'll probably do some stuff with Sybil because I don't know what's going to happen because of releasing
1: it. And,
5: yeah, that's the general...
1: Well, that's very exciting. I look forward to seeing what you make next. This is yeah. going to be very cool. Thank very t- cool.
5: When you were talking about that, I forgot to sort of say, I suppose David Lynch was probably also one of the biggest influences. And um, the guy who played your zombie boyfriend yeah. made me watch A Razorhead literally kind of every night for about two years. I
1: remember being obsessed with The Razorhead. Jesus. Head. And I, we just watched it all the time. All the time. Yeah. yeah. It's a really dark. And, <laughs> and like, yeah.
5: Yeah, but then World at Heart just absolutely, uh, just, yeah, that was s- All-time favourite.
1: Yeah, yeah. I remember there was this, yeah, I definitely remember, that. I think I moved to London when I was 19, like the beginning of the 90s. In the olden days and yeah but definitely obsessing about david lynch was a huge part of that era and of that time for me
2: yeah i came, yeah. came to it much later because i had a, an early encounter with twin peaks that oh, twin peaks incredible was, it was too, i was a bit it was, it was too young to be watching that i was completely disturbed so I it put had me no off what I, well, I just everywhere i went it was, it just, was just everywhere the, I've quite, I had quite restricted TV, so it just, I just—I think I don't know—it blew my mind. So I came to it much later, and then started obsessively rewatching. Yeah. There's something about his work that you can find so much in it. You can watch it multiple times; definitely. it always feels different.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I feel like going home and watching loads of David Lynch movies <laughs> exactly, now. Exactly, yeah. It's exactly
5: what I it's feel like it's Definitely January mood. I think it really it is. is. I, I wanted to finish the, um, the Twin Peaks second. Right, you know he's the second series as well. I had that in lockdown, but I didn't finish it, yeah, it's just really something, yeah, yeah, he lets it all just channel through him,
1: yeah, he really did, he really did, he really does he does yeah, yeah, it did do does he's do does,
5: <laughs> yeah, and also just not I just love the way everything doesn't isn't making sense, but just makes perfect sense and rather than the kind of structures that you'll have to follow or you're meant to follow in that world and I mean, I don't know his process, but it seems to me quite free of that.
3: Mm.
2: Yeah, definitely. I remember seeing, like, when I was doing my David Lynch deep dive, mm. um, a painting. He made a moving painting, and I think it's one he made when he was graduating or shortly afterwards, and it's someone just breathing, mm. but it's just this kind of cross-section, and it's like breath coming out of the lungs just over and over again in a kind of loop. Yeah. And it's like... I don't know, it's, it's a certain type of bravery, isn't it? To just make stuff that's straight from your head. Yeah. Like, really, really amazing. Mm. Um, all right, so I think we're winding up the show now, sadly. I'm yeah, sad to say goodbye. Yeah. But and we'll thank be back so next month. so much for having us. Wow. Yeah, it's so lovely. It's been great to, to have you.
5: It's been, it's been absolutely fantastic. What
1: yeah. a beautiful way to start the year. <laughs> isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Um, so we'll be back next month. Um, if you missed any of the show, this show goes out also as a podcast. You'll find us on the Soho Radio page. Um, and I think that's about it for now.
2: That is it. That is it for now. I'm gonna. We're going to leave you. Thank you,
1: Mercedes. Thank you, Julia.
2: Yes, thank, thank you very so much. much. Thank you, Essie. Yeah,
1: producer. thank you to our amazing producer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
2: it's um, been great coming on. Really, we've loved it. Oh, fantastic. Um, like, well, the last song, uh, I think we're going to have Rambling Man by Laura Marling. So, thanks. Good night. See you next month. Yep. Bye.
10: Oh, nay, little me. Asking what things you have seen. And you're vulnerable in your head You're and you're wail till you're dead Creatures veiled by night Following things that aren't right And they're tired and they need to be led you're screaming, you're till you're dead. But give me to a rambling man. Let it always be known that I was who I am. We're beaten, battered, and cold. My children will live just to grow but if I sit here and weep I'll be blown over by the slightest of breeze And the weak need to be led And the tender are carried to their bed And it's pale and coolly fair And I'll be damned if I'll be found there Let it always be known That I was who I am The first chords that you come to Are the minor notes that come to serenade you And it's hard to accept yourself as someone you don't desire As someone you don't want to be Oh,
7: give